Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Mood, the no talking points, no bullshit podcast that takes you behind the curtain, off the red carpet, and to the front lines of progress with change makers and innovators that are doing the work to shift our culture and expand their social impact. I am so excited to welcome to PM Mood Anoop Sohanta. Anoop, I started following you, my goodness on Instagram maybe two years ago? Okay, maybe 2017? Yeah, I discovered your work. I feel like there was somebody else that I follow who was consistently reposting your poems and I just fell in love because I felt like your writing was so raw and so um, sexy and just delicious in, in every which way that you express sexuality, sex, love, connection, vulnerability, and all of those things. So, you know, tell me how you, how you got into writing, how you got into poetry. Is this something that you have always done or was there a particular spark that brought you to the pen in this way? I think with writing, I started off reading other people's quotes that I admired, you know, people like poets like Rumi and Michael Fordette, which is like, you know, super sexy and also super raw. And then from that, it evolved into writing my own kind of poetry, which was really kind of basic. And I'd throw that in with other people's poetry to kind of disguise my poetry because I wasn't yet comfortable to reveal myself to the world that, you know, I can write and this is my stuff. So from that, it just kind of evolved. In 2017, I started to put a book together. I was seeing someone and then we split up. 
and then that kind of acted as a bit of a catalyst to to put my pieces together into the book and yeah it just went from there it just developed and I think over the years my writings evolved as I have to to kind of show different sides of me or show sides of me in more detail yeah your book is from the universe's lips to my ears folks you can get that at amazon or anywhere you get your books but because we're in a global pandemic i would encourage you to order it instead of going to pick it up what made you kind of move past the vulnerability of putting yourself out there like these are my words these are my thoughts how did you work through that level of of uh, of uncomfortability I think that kind of came in in layers of slowly being able to release myself to the world. It wasn't like, and then one day I just kind of took like a big jump and started putting my name on all my things and releasing them all sequentially with all my name on instead of throwing other people's things. And then if any other writers I wanted to repost, I'd just put that in my story instead. But I think it takes... It does take that big first jump for you to be like, you know what, fuck it. I don't, yeah. really, I don't really care what people think. This is who I am. This is what I like. And you either accept it or you don't. And I think that that's kind of the beautiful thing to me. You know, I am a writer, but in a complete, you know, in a different way. I write about politics and, you know, sure. and, and consider myself in many ways a, a cultural critic as well. But it is a sense of putting your thoughts out there, right, to be judged. And I think that for me, when I made the decision to just start writing, it was the same thing. It was just like, fuck it. These are my opinions. These are my thoughts. And if yeah. you don't like it, there are millions of other things to read. I, I think when, you, when you're writing and you release a lot of writing in a similar kind of niche, for example, let's... You know, like a lot of my writing is quite raunchy. So you attract a community that is into that writing. You kind of pull that energy towards you. And then once those people kind of build up, I think that gives you a bit of a, a bit of a boost to keep on doing it. Uh, not because you're writing for them, but because, you know, you realize that there are people that appreciate what you are putting out there. And it gives you a bit of a boost. It's good. I think... Like my community, I'm a quite kind of loyal to me, I would say. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I would like to reciprocate that back. So, you know, I try to do that as much as possible. You know, I think that what your writing has done in many ways, and I, you know, this is probably the most revealing that I've ever been. I'm a bit of a prude. And, you know, and people have said that about me, like, I am not that person that, you know, goes out to brunch or hangs out with their friends and then wants to divulge any aspects of their sex life. Like that, that has never been, that has never been me. And I have, you know, and most people, they're like, they gather with their friends in their comfortable circles and they have those conversations, what you like, what you don't like, you know, and talk about your, yourself or your partners or, or what have you. And I think that for me, your writing was so, like provided a much needed layer of courage that I did not have to say like, this is sexy. I like this. You know, I like the way yeah. that this sounds as I'm reciting it, like in my own head or out loud. Like I, it's almost as if, you know, 
following you on Instagram almost gave me like a bit of permission to be a lot more, a lot more expressive than I have ever been. Do people say that to you a lot? Like, is that the kind of, what, what kind of feedback do you get from people who are, because your followers are very loyal, what kind of feedback yeah. do you get from folks? I, I, I get that quite a bit. And I think originally I, you know, my Instagram started off before I would post my own writing. It started off as a way of sharing quotes and emotions and feelings that I had through other writers and poets and styles and things like that uh, with other people, things that I enjoy, which is what a social media platform should be. Then when it changed into my writing, it became more about me creating a safe space for what I enjoy, but allowing others to come and meet me in that safe space for what they also enjoy too. So when you, when you say that, I think I'm glad, well, I'm grateful that I was able to create a safe space for you to feel comfortable to enjoy those things without the fear of being judged on them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you refer to yourself as sex positive? Is that even a thing or is that just something that we talk about in the United States? I never know. Is sex positivity like a label that you would use for yourself or your writing? It's not one that I'd use for myself, for my writing. I think that's something that's been ingrained into me quite naturally. So I don't really ever put a label on it. But I understand how people would use it. And I think it's a good thing to promote. So, yeah, I mean, but it's not something that I would put a label on my writing. You know, I think that, and you tell me, because I've only ever visited, I've only ever visited the UK a handful of times. In the United States, like, there is a real level of fear as it pertains to sex. We don't want to educate kids in school properly about their bodies, about, about even the idea of what it means to be, to have safe sex, to be in safe sexual environments, to have a good relationship with yourself as well as with others, right? A level of sure. respect that you have for yourself and, your, and for your body and you know, who you allow enter it and connect with it. We don't have those conversations because we have a very strong religious sect here that while we talk about having a separation between church and state, we really do not. It is very much a blurred line. And so the idea of the label of sex positivity, I think, has in many ways wanted to push against the no's that we have all grown up with. The no, you can't do this. No, you can't act like this. No, if you're a woman, especially, you cannot enjoy this. And you especially can't talk about enjoying different aspects of sex of your body and asking, you know, your partner for these things, right? Which is yeah. why when we do these studies, a majority of women have said, I've never had an orgasm. Or a majority of people are like, I'm, you know, only 30% happy with my with my sex life right now. Is that Even the same? Yeah. Is that the same so in the UK? Or what are your thoughts? It's pretty similar. I would say, I mean, I grew up in, my parents are both Indian, they're both immigrants. You know, they grew up, sex was kind of like a taboo thing. I was never educated on sex growing up. It was very much kind of, there was a lot of stigmas behind it. I've got two sisters, you know, same kind of thing. And as I've grown up, I've realized that I think you're right. People need to be educated way more from a younger age to kind of get rid of those stigmas behind that, especially in ethnic minorities where it's quite a quite a prominent thing for many families and especially up in regards to what you were saying earlier 
about sex in general, I think self-pleasuring as well is never really talked about, and it's always such um, such a kind of like taboo thing. You mm-hmm. know, like masturbation. Masturbation should be talked about way more because it's something that you know practically everyone does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you grow up in India, or did your parents move from India to to the UK, and you grew up mostly in the UK? I grew up in the UK, so my dad is Indian, but he was born in Kenya, and he moved to England in the 60s, and the same with my mom, she was from India, but moved to England in the 60s too, so I was born here, so I don't really hold all of their their kind of cultural stigmas and Mm. their values and all that kind of stuff, so I, I can't really put myself in their shoes, I can only really be empathetic to how you know, to their own upbringings and what has moulded them as people. But I think moving forward, we should really consider how we impact, you know, our own children and their children with how we regard sex. Yeah, I just, you know, there is just so much stigma, right? I don't think that people realise it until they get into their own sexual relationships, like how much what they were taught or what they weren't taught, right? Like what they weren't told, what conversations weren't allowed to be had, or they knew that I can't really ask these questions and how that ha- affects people um, grow as they, as they go into adulthood. You know, you, you talk about like pleasure and you talk about masturbation in a way that there, you know, there was this really interesting episode of a series on Netflix. I don't know if you've seen it. I can't stand Gwyneth Paltrow, but she has <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> this, she has this she had this really great show on Netflix about her website called Goop. And in oh, one okay. of the and yeah, in one of the episodes, she brought on this sex therapist of sorts. A woman is now like in her late seventies. She lives in New York City and oh, okay. teaches women like how to masturbate and has these full like sessions where you know women are naked i mean i don't know how you do this in covid now but the whole idea was to really be able to explore your body look at your body like love your body for what it is and not what we want to turn it into and i think that in so many ways like she was having this conversation and i would love your thoughts about how pornography has distorted how people how how people see themselves because they're looking out at these very well manicured <laughs> bodies yeah. and body parts and then looking at themselves as if there's something wrong. Like, you know, and I, again, I'm going to speak from a cis woman's perspective um, of looking at your body and feeling <clears throat> like it is filled with problems because you're looking at this projection, this ideal through a male gaze of what a woman's body is supposed to look like. What are your thoughts about that and how pornography, while it opens some doors, I think that it, clo- it restricts people in a lot of other ways too. Yeah, I think, I think porn is one of those things where you, can, you could use it every now and again and enjoy it and it could be a great thing. You know, watch it alone, watch it with a partner and both enjoy it. But if you abuse that, like most things that, you know, too much is going to be bad for you. I, I wrote an article on, on porn a while back. The, the more that you watch porn and the more addicted you become to it, 
the more you rely on porn to kind of ejaculate and orgasm and things like that. And your body mm -hmm. chemistry actually changes. You rely on the porn so much. So in that sense, it could be bad. And in regards to image, I think, yeah, like self-image, we're flooded with, uh, without throwing any statistics out there, we're flooded with constantly having anxiety about how we look and how everyone else perceives us, whether it's through social media, whether it's through physical interactions. But I think porn just adds a whole extra layer on top in an area where we're already feeling a little bit fragile. So, yeah. yeah. I think for men and women, for both sides of that coin. Yeah, I just, rough. yeah, I think that, you know, but to your point, like with most things, right, if you overdo it, it can be detrimental. Most things should be used as like an enhancer or a sprinkling, right, of seasoning as opposed yeah. to dumping the entire thing of salt, you know, or sugar in, you know, in your meal. It changes the molecular makeup of it. I think that, you know, also about your work, and then I want to transition kind of to where things are now and how you're feeling and how you're expressing that through, through your writing. One of the things I, I also admire so much is the imagery that you evoke. It's so beautiful. And I say that for, for myself because there's something about Instagram, right? Obviously, where it's image, 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 right? Everybody's throwing up their best lives, you know, <coughs> their their outfits of the day, their makeup tutorial, everything. Their breakfast. Their breakfast. Um, nothing, it doesn't require any imagination. It doesn't require me to paint the picture because you're showing me literally the picture. Yeah. And what, what, are your, what are your feelings about kind of uh, about the, the Instagram platform and how you've been able to use it and create this elegant, gorgeous, sexy, raw images of sex, of sexuality with just black words on a white screen without having to show the acts or show anything, but you're creating the image without the image? Yeah, I think for me, I wanted to tell my experience, but I, so with the, going back to the way that it looks, I wanted to keep it super simple. I wanted to keep the aesthetic simple I, and I wanted it to be simple for a reason to kind of reinforce that point that people should paint, use their imagination to paint that experience that I've had, but with themselves. So they're not, it's not like watching porn where you watch me do that thing. You know, you put yourself in those shoes, you're having that experience yourself. You let your mind wander and enjoy that for you. The imagery that you're able to create with the work that you put out on Instagram and being able to utilize a platform that is about showcasing me, 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 but you're able to allow us to put ourselves in there. I want to transition for a bit to talk about the current moment. Where are you located right now during this? pandemic i'm in england at the moment so i'm in a city called coventry it's about two hours away from london how have things been during this time the quarantine was a little bit eerie for that time the protests i haven't seen any protests around here the closest protest i would say would be london i've seen protests in liverpool which is not too far from here mm -hmm. um but I haven't heard of any writing in England. I think the closest writing to here would be Paris, as far as I know, mm -hmm. which it, it looks pretty, it's pretty bad over there. 
Yeah, I have to say that living here and watching, yeah, Yeah. in Brooklyn and watching, watching people around the globe take to the streets on our behalf has been extraordinary. You know, as a, as a black queer woman in the United States, it is not easy to exist here. And I'm fortunate in a lot of, you know, in a lot of different ways. And I have, you know, my own sets of, of, of privilege, but I will say that the world recognizing black people, recognizing our lives in a way that we've never seen has honestly has brought tears to my eyes. It has really been nothing short of extraordinary. And I know that in the UK, you know, as well as in Paris and all, you know, places around the globe, they have their own, you know, issues (laughs) with racism. I've, I've watched so many documentaries about, uh, like, particularly in, you know, in France, and the way that people from Africa are treated there. And I, you know, we, we know that the design Brexit in the, you know, not wanting to embrace immigrants in the same way that, you know, the current occupant of our White House is a complete and total racist. And so, you know, how does that, how does the current moment, uh, how is it affecting your work and what you're putting out there and kind of the energy that you're putting out? I think I've taken for the past, uh, for the past week, I've kind of taken more of a reflective period of, you know, I don't really want to post um, things that I would normally post because I feel like I should be posting about you know, black people around the world and people of colour around the world that have been suffering for a long time. So I think, but I think my, the way that I want to put my energy out there is to not focus on the writing itself, but focus on the healing aspect for people. Mm-hmm. So I think I've been throwing that out there a little bit and I've been focusing in my stories, I've been putting, you know, a few bits of art and there was a lady that did a great speech in Brooklyn that I loved, that kind of like, that touched me quite a lot. Uh, Desiree, Desiree? I can't remember her surname. Oh, I'm, I mean, I've seen so many videos and I have been reposting a lot of things myself. Yeah, I think it's an, ex- it's an extraordinary time that we're living in. And what I realized too, particularly with the first pandemic, that of, of the coronavirus, is how much yearning I have personally for connection, right? Like I'm a complete and total extrovert. And so having just been, you know, around family, not having the connection with friends, not even being able to have like physical connection, hugs and touches and all of those things, I didn't realize how, how like traumatic it would be. Sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Sorry. There you go. No, 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 please. I think people, a lot of people hadn't realized until now that how much they rely on communities and social interaction and just like having people around, I think is a big thing. Um, You know, I feel like a lot, I've spoken to a lot of friends that I wouldn't speak to, you know, we speak on and off every few months, but over the quarantine, people have checked in with me, which I thought was really lovely. And I've checked in with other people. But I think you know who the real ones are when you realize, you know, when the shit hits the fan, mm-hmm. which, is, mm-hmm. which is what has happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this shit is at every fan. 
<laughs> I think that that's right. And I, you know, I also appreciate the fact that everybody's dealing you know, with, with, with the trauma of this moment in their own way, right? Um, Don't you think that people never really got a break either? It went from one thing straight on to yep. the other. So kind and, of, uh, you know, I'm not really sure what's coming for us in June, whether it's like an mm. avian invasion or... <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> Don't say it. It could, it could happen. Like I, I put nothing past the universe at this particular time. <laughs> like, and I'm not trying to tempt anybody's fate unless they're trying to take us out of here to some, <laughs> someplace nicer with a better but environment. That's, that's the thing. It's been such a great year for awareness overall so far, even though, you know, we've been kind of, it was two months that we were locked in our own houses and couldn't really do anything and socially interact. But I think it, people have kind of grown from this experience and people have grown from this movement as well at the same time. So my hope is that, you know, we, people do learn, right? I, I, my and hope is that, fizzle out. yeah, I pray that people do learn. I pray that, you know, when we all re-enter, right. And not just obviously through the, the activism <laughs> that is happening, the uprisings that are happening, but when we do re-enter that we can reimagine, right. The world in the way that it should be. Um, sure. There is this desperate desire to go back to quote unquote normal. And I'm like, if normal was so good, things wouldn't be so fucked up now. Right. Yeah. Like if normal had been a place of solace, then we wouldn't be in the position that we're in now. I, I don't think things will ever go back to what we thought was normality before. The world has kind of changed. Everyone's kind of changed. So, but I mean, how would you see the future after this? You know, what I am doing, and I can only speak to what I am, am doing is, you know, I want to deepen the connections that I have and I want to deepen the responsibility that I feel right? Like I feel a deep responsibility in the work that I do to tell the truth, no matter how uncomfortable it makes people. Um, yeah. I feel a deep responsibility um, to, to talk about injustices and all of them, to talk about the fact that, you know, had we been caring for the environment in the right way, the coronavirus outbreak wouldn't have happened. Like there are so yeah. many factors of climate change or the way that we've abused the environment, the way that we abuse people, that if we had more intentionality in our lives and you start with your own networks and circles and allow that to branch out, like that's what I want. To, that's what I hope for the future, but that's certainly what I'm going to be really mindful of. And just in general, that mindfulness, right? Yeah, because we, we, we have just kind of been floating out there in the world without being mindful of how we're all connected, without being mindful and appreciative and having gratitude for yeah, everything think, that we're um, able to do. Yeah. I think a lot of people have been living in this kind of cream, the cream on top, like, you know, life's great. Um, going away on a trip, post about it on social media, you know, meeting at great places and you know, I've got like a big following or I'm getting a big following. And that's, you know, the only kind of things that they cared about, caring about. And, and I'm not like uh, making a blanket statement for everyone. I'm just saying certain people were thinking like that. It was just kind of like image and money and, you know, going on trips and mm -hmm, quite mm -hmm. a materialistic view of the world. Maybe they go to yoga a few times a week and they think that that's inner work, that's spiritual work, you know, that's healing 
in reality, I mean, you know, you gotta you gotta crawl through the shit if you wanna heal. So mm-hmm. that's what it takes. And I think we're starting to see that now. People are real, realizing how bad things were and are being more mindful of other people too, like, oh wow, you really had it shit and I didn't notice because I was just thinking about my world and my life. So Yeah. I think, I think that, that there there needs to be a lot more selflessness. And I think that, you know, in many ways, both of the pandemics, both the coronavirus, both that of racism and consistent injustice is about people ignoring, right? What was right in sure. front of them because, yeah. oh, it doesn't matter, right? Like I keep talking about the the coronavirus that it requires deep empathy, because even if you are healthy, right? Even if, oh, I don't have, why can't I do what I want to do? It's not about you. It's about what you could potentially do harm to other people, right? Yeah. And it's the like same these... thing. It's the same thing with the inju- with injustice and, and rabid racism, right? Like, oh, it doesn't affect you personally, so you don't have to give a fuck. But like, yeah. it actually does. It actually is affecting you. And you can't look the other way. And I think that's people are starting to realize that now, like it's so in your face that you can't really turn away from it. And also uh, I read there's uh, Stephen Bartlett, I think is, I put a post on my story the other yesterday and he, he wrote about that you shouldn't really feel shame about not being able to post something about it. If you're not ready to post stuff about it. I mean, it takes people time to process what's going on. Mm-hmm. before they're able to actually put anything out into the world which I think that was in regards to the black squares getting a lot of mm-hmm. flag and um, just you know people that have stayed quiet I've noticed that social media has been a little bit quiet the last couple of days yeah and you know and I I did my own video about the black tiles, because I said, you know, there's a, there's a, a, a sense of apathy. I don't want people to yeah. feel like you do this one thing. And then that's yeah. what solidarity looks like. It, it isn't right. If you want to take a moment and you want to, you know, whether it's destruction that you're seeing in another nation, you decide, okay, social media, we have a filter for that. And I'm going to post that. And that means that I care, right. It's just yeah. like, what, what, what is the action that you're putting behind that image? And that is, you know, and that is what I offer to people. And it's not to say you don't need to say something if you're not ready to say something, but understand yeah. that this, the moment that we're in, right, this, this, the friction that we're living in that is producing the change that is necessary requires action. It requires action from all of us and a consistency that we've never had before. And so I, I urge people in that way, in whatever space it is that they occupy in whatever platforms it is that they have, to be able to figure out what action they can do and, and what they can stick with. Yeah. Uh, Anoop, before I let you go, the question that I asked to people on PM Mood, the last question that I asked to folks is, how do you get in the mood to change the world? How do oh. you... How do you, <laughs> how, how, you know, and it's, it's, you know, what I love about this question is that it's so different for so, it's so different. Everybody's responses are so different. And so, yes, how do you get in the mood to change the world? Uh, I think if I was actively doing it or inactively doing it, I guess, get in the mood to change the world would be going back to going through some shit first. I think, um, 
You kind of caught me off guard with that question. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. That's okay. Um, But yeah, I would say going through some shit and also finding something that's dear to me. (laughs) Yeah. Look, I, you know, nothing moves us than sometimes our own pain. My mother always says she's a yogi and she always says, you need to feel it, Danielle. You just need to feel it first before you can, before you can change it. And so I will interpret the, you have to go, you go through some shit, which means that you're like feeling all of the feelings and honoring all of those feelings. And I think that that's the first step to doing, to taking anything, to doing anything to change the world is first acknowledging how you're feeling about it. Definitely. I am so happy that we did this. Folks, if you are not following Anoop on social media, he is at Noopface, N-O-O-P-F-A-C-E. And I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Anoop, thank you so much for taking the time to join me on PM Mood. And I, I hope that you stay safe that you stay healthy and I will I will see you in social media as I do okay great thank you thank you thanks for listening to this week's PM Mood my political podcast Woke AF Daily is on Patreon for just five dollars a month that's five new hour long shows every week for just five dollars a month join the conversation now at patreon.com slash Woke AF And you can continue listening to PM Mood every week absolutely free. Now more than ever, we see the importance of independent media. So thank you for your support. And as always, stay in the PM Mood to change the world. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. This is Raquel Willis from Queer Chronicles. Right now, there are close to 500 anti-LGBTQ plus bills in state legislatures across the country. Lambda Legal is leading the charge against these hateful bills that target mostly trans and non-binary people. You can fight discrimination and help write the next chapter of Lambda Legal history. To learn more about their open cases and to donate, visit lambdalegal.org. That's lambdalegal.org.